Hey, it's Michelle Siraki with Pitbull Advocates of America, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you and challenges you, and I hope that it equips you to attach action to your advocacy. Enjoy the podcast. It's Michelle Siraki with Pitbull Advocates of America, and I have a really fun guest today. Her name is Quinn, and she is from Replace Denver BSL. Hi, Quinn. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am really well. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank me for being here. You're the one who traveled to Denver. Thank you for being here was, and inviting me onto your podcast. I was actually just going to say thank you for having me, you know, Um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we're we're podcasting from my hotel room, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is the first time that I've done an on the road podcast, so it's even more special to me. Well, I love that you are here. It's it means the world to us. We're very excited to have this on the ballot for November third, oh and gosh. the support we have received from the just pitbull type dog groups and organizations and people advocates of America like we're just so grateful uh, that's so cool to hear and I'm so like seriously that like fills my soul you know when I hear about collaboration working well um, and you know in the animal welfare world we can we can we've had actually a little bit of this in some of our other podcasting episodes we can get a little catty and there's a lot of of um, a lot of women <laughs> in in the animal welfare world yes. we need more men men where men are, where are you yes where are you please <laughs> come to the animal welfare world specifically to replace Denver Gazelle and to Pitbull Advocates of America because we're both looking for men no I'm just kidding um but no it you know there's there's a lot of estrogen and there's a lot of emotion and so it just is really awesome to see organizations working together for the greater good putting aside you know everybody has a little different take on on things and then how to do things the best way and what works the best so I love hearing that I love hearing that that the community is just coming together and and lifting you guys up you know and and helping you out that's so cool and I have met um, through this I've met so many inspiring and powerful women that it, it keeps me going it keeps that. my fire going and it's um it's just great to to see and to feel so that's very cool yeah. too well you are an inspiring and powerful woman well, and so I'm you. really glad that I've met you and I had an opportunity to meet someone else from um RDBSL today and I'm going to meet some more people yes. yet this week while I'm here a whole week of stuff I know I know it's so cool and um so yeah, I'm just really excited, totally getting ahead of myself um, in this podcast because <laughs> I'm just really excited about about the whole thing. But, you know, I really wanted to bring Quinn on and we wanted to talk about this because it's really historic, first of all. I mean, you can't, I don't think you could be a really good Pitbull advocate podcaster and not have an episode about the repeal of a Pitbull ban the potential repeal mm-hmm. i'm gonna get ahead of myself a little sure. bit again That's the okay. potential repeal of a pitbull ban that is um been known as one of the longest standing and really um had some difficult milestones over the last 30 years also yep. in denver and some of those types of things that people either have really heard about or have 
never heard about and are shocked are, you know, some of the times when Denver was like, you know what, we're really going to enforce this and we're going to just take dogs from people. And that's just hard. So, so that's why I wanted to do this podcast so bad yeah. because this is a really historic event, regardless of how it goes. But obviously, I have a really great feeling and a really great, great vibe. And good, can you have that for me too? Because I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! Yes, I will try and have it for the both okay, of us. Thank you. Um, but I mean, I think you you guys are really capable. Um, I, the very first time that I really got involved with your organization was on a on a zoom call where you were having a call for volunteers Mm -hmm. and um that whole meeting what i was so incredibly impressed thank you yeah oh my gosh yes i mean i bragged about it to other people from our organization where i was well because i was like you guys i'm really sorry that i've never led you (laughs) (laughs) like this well i have to say my motto is fake it till you make it. So I appreciate that you um, thought it went so well because I'm I'm like, I'm just going to wing it. Uh, I'm just, I'm taking what I, I was on a political pa- campaign for the past year. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to take uh, the things I learned in that grassroots campaign um, and obviously putting it in this campaign. So I'm glad that it, some no, stuff stuck. <laughs> it did. It did. And thank God that you were on that campaign because what kind of valuable information has that been? Right. For this campaign right like that is so so cool so just tell me a little bit about yourself tell everybody a little bit about yourself and and really why um why you're working so hard for this for this cause yeah. and um you know kind of how how you how you became involved sure um so i'm originally from chicago i moved to denver three and a half years ago and um, when I moved here, I had no idea that BSL was a thing. Oh, wow. Not only did I not know it was a thing in Denver, I just didn't know it existed. Gotcha. Period. Yeah. Um, and so when I moved here, I was I was kind of dumbfounded to find this out. I started volunteering at an animal shelter, um, Max Fund, if anyone has heard of it, is a great shelter. Okay. No kill shelter in Denver. Okay. Um, and there was a pit bull... Uh, that had been in the shelter for two years. He was not allowed to be marketed to um, to anyone. Like people did not know that he was in the shelter, uh-huh. and so and he obviously could not be adopted out into Denver. Yeah. So he just was in the shelter for two years. And for people that know the the most horrific thing that a dog can go through is being stuck in a shelter. Even if it's a no kill loving yeah. shelter, they're stuck. Yeah. Um, and it can really do long-term damage on them yes so isolation is is. very hard to endure um for animals and i mean if we if we kind of equate that to humans being in isolation where we have all of this rational thought Mm -hmm. that we can do and you know we still cannot rationalize being isolated for long periods of time and animals don't even have all of that ability Uh well and i think the, the closest thing that people you know the everyday person is going through this pandemic mm. being stuck at home you know what that's doing to you it's, yeah. being, it's hard on your body it's hard on your mind so mm-hmm. you can just imagine you know a dog going through that yeah and we can again rationalize that it's going to end mm-hmm. potentially at some point yeah. and we can still seek out support right these yeah i mean it's so hard to be at a shelter and like you said i think um even the nicest of 
shelters. You know, it's not, for me, it's not ever a rip on the shelter system or even on, you know, these specific shelters. It's Mm -hmm. still, it's still a shelter, you know, it's still um, not a home and not a family. So anywho. Yes, Yes, I know we digress. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's how um, it all got started. I just thought to myself, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I own, I own two dogs. I've always owned dogs. My family is very big into, um, you know, animals and the environment. And it's just always been a thing in our family. So I thought to myself, I'm going to look into it. If no one's doing something, I'm gonna have to do something about it. Yeah. So I looked into it. Famous last words. I know. I've got to do something about it. this. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I muttered those words like 12 years ago. Yeah. And here we are. Today. And here we are. <laughs> exactly. So I looked into it. I didn't see anything happening in Denver. This was right when Castle Rock. If people are not familiar with Castle Rock, it's just uh, south of Denver. They were going through um, a repeal. Okay. It had just been voted to. And, and it passed to get rid of the ban in Castle Rock. So I reached out to the organizer there mm-hmm. to see if anything was happening in Denver. She said that there was one woman doing something and gave me her contact info. Um, her name was Hannah. Mm-hmm. Hannah's fantastic. Yeah. So she started it, got a logo, and then onboarded me like a week later. Yeah. So, um, and then along with me, um, my co-lead, Shira. Mm-hmm. So the two of us um, joined Hannah and then unfortunately Hannah for personal reasons had to had to step away. And, okay. And so she stepped away pretty pretty early on. Oh wow. So Shira and I just took the reins and ran with it. Okay. Um, but definitely always credit Hannah for, oh, for starting this. Cool. Yeah. Well yeah, you were in, in obviously in the right place at the right time to be able to get ready to take over. Yeah. And who knew? Right. Right. So um I think that from your little story here right now and the fact that I think that it's it's so great that you're so transparent about like, hey, I came from Chicago and I came here and I just didn't even know what BSL was. I think we should probably touch on that really quick because yeah. just because someone's listening to a Pipple Advocates of America podcast doesn't mean that they know what breed-specific legislation is either. Sure. And um, for all of you listening, there is going to be an in-depth, I mean, we've been kind of talking about this week after week about things that we're going to deep dive into later. And um, we're going to be deep diving into breed-specific legislation probably right around um, the very beginning of November in in an episode that's just devoted to it. But, but I, I think, you know... Um, just in case, right? Yeah. Just in case somebody's listening, um, do you do you want to yeah. <laughs> take a stab at, at sure. giving them a little idea of what it is? Yeah, I'll give a little snapshot. Cool. Um, yeah, so BSL stands for breed-specific legislation. Um, it is a local law, so different cities can um, enforce it. Mm-hmm. And it's in over 900 cities in yeah. the U.S. Um, it's people always equate it like to it just being pit bull type dogs but that's not the case right it's any breed can be put into this ban Mm -hmm. you could have your household golden retriever be put into this ban but it was obviously created to quote unquote um, define dangerous breeds right which are pit bull type dogs german shepherds rottweilers yeah it kind of depends on where we're talking about and what we're talking about because like insurance companies do this right they have breed specific 
parts of their policies. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily legislation, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's parts of their policies. And man, when I was an insurance agent, there was like there were some companies that took breed specific policies to a whole different level, and there yeah. was lots. And I mean, there were Dalmatians and Akitas right. and. Right. Um, and chows and Sharpays and all kinds of different stuff on a lot of those different lists. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. So, they, so it's more common that it's these, you know, dangerous, yeah. quote unquote, dangerous breeds mm-hmm. that get um, lumped into it. But the majority are pit bull type dogs. And right. that is the ban that is currently in Denver. Right. And breed specific legislation, too, we should we should mention. It's not always a ban. Right. Um, in not. fact, it's a, a lot of times not anymore mm-hmm. um, a, a ban. But so I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and in Milwaukee we have breed specific legislation that is for pit bull type dogs and Rottweilers, and it just states that um, you have to be 16 years or older to walk them mm-hmm. in public. That they um, have to always be leashed um, with like a six foot. Um, like a six foot or a shorter leash sure, or something yeah, like that. Like it can't retract. be retractable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that you have to have um, a fully fenced in yard or a cemented kennel space. Oh, okay. So some, pl- some way to contain them outdoors, you sure. have to be able to do that. Um, so that's our version mm-hmm. of breed specific legislation and then interestingly enough in Milwaukee it's not enforced yeah. whatsoever unless there's a big problem and then if there's a big problem then all of a sudden it comes out with that specific dog like right. well you know they've been at large eight million times and they're having all these problems you know our specific legislation says you can't do that you mm-hmm. have to have you know this fence or this kennel yeah um but but here in Denver it's, it's, a, it's a ban. It is a ban. Yeah. They are illegal to own um, in the city and county of Denver. Um, and I, if I'm getting ahead of myself, but what that means is, you know, if someone, if there's an incident, if someone visually sees a pit bull type dog, which don't get me started on that, right. visually identifying one, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they can report it to animal control. Um, animal control will come to you with a warning, yeah. um, but you essentially have to move out of the city limits or get rid of your dog or otherwise they'll come take your dog. Yeah. See, that's, it's amazing to me. And I think that that shocks a lot of people that yeah. that's going on in 2020 yep. in the United States of America, which it, it absolutely, there's a lot of stuff you guys that's going on in our country that is, is just um, shocking and sad, mm-hmm. so sad. And we've been advocating um, for a very, very long time. I mean, ever since we started the organization in 2008 and letting folks know about like not driving through Denver, you know, if you're going on a road trip and you have a pit bull type dog, mm-hmm. like just stay away. And um, it's been interesting over the last decade talking to people that are like, wait, what, why? And well, it's not that bad. I was like, I wouldn't chance it. Don't chance it. Yeah, I wouldn't chance it. Why? Yeah. Just go around. Don't even, um, just don't even mess with it. But I think that that of people advocates or enthusiasts, I think that probably around like the 2005 time mm-hmm. where they did a big roundup, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's something that sticks out to people and yeah. that they kind of think that that's how Denver is is 
actively and is always doing things. And I do want to just mention that that's not the case. It's not the case. They're not running around rounding up things that they think look like pitbulls every single day. Right. And then just taking them all away right. and, and euthanizing them. Exactly. So that's not happening. Correct. Um, and, I, and I have to say, animal control is on, on our side. Yeah. Um, That's and, so and we, could, we can say that because they came to the vote in February and they spoke um, in our favor. Cool. That they want this to change. Yeah. Um, they can't publicly and politically stand <clears throat> behind it. Right. Um, but they know that what what is in place right now is not working. Right. Right. Well, it's interesting because anyone that isn't, I think, really filled with fear um, – or even dabbled in fear, they're able to see what, you know, the big, the big obvious problems with breed-specific legislation. The main one, in my opinion, being that it doesn't protect your community. No. It doesn't doesn't protect your community against dangerous dogs. I am all for protecting communities against dangerous dogs. Right. Um, Do you know I was an animal control officer? No. I was, yeah. I was an animal control officer in Milwaukee, and um, I met my fair share of animals that were not nice yeah and um they came in a lot of different shapes and sizes but you know the type of dog that people really want to have in milwaukee is a pitbull type dog Mm -hmm. um which is not unusual with a lot of big cities and um so i would be lying if i said that a lot of the calls that i went on were not for pitbull type dogs but for me it's it's a numbers thing sure like of course i'm going to be going out on pitbull calls when 80% of the dogs in Milwaukee are pit bulls. Right. I'm not going to be going out for this little bitty 20%, not very often. Yeah. Um, and I definitely met, um, you know, oh my gosh, the just the full range, the completely full range from Chihuahua mm-hmm. to Great Dane. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've met all different sizes and then all different characters, yeah. you know, all of their personalities. Sure. Um, and I think that what a lot of people don't really get an opportunity to understand too, but when but when you're in animal control and you get to see it every day, is that a lot of animals when you're picking them up, they're scared. Yeah. They're so scared. They are. And they're lost mm-hmm. a lot of the times, or they are at their property and we're coming to take them away for whatever purpose, sure. whatever reason. And so they're like, I don't want to leave here. This is my home. I yeah. want to stay. Yeah. So, you know, we can see grumpy dogs, but once you get them into a place where they understand that they're safe, it might yeah. not be like their most favorite place in the world, um, but where they're safe, they're totally different. They and are. some of those dogs, once we got them away from their properties that weren't nice properties mm-hmm. that didn't have good families, oh my gosh, you could tell they were almost like thankful. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, man, that place was just terrible. Thank you for coming and picking me up. Yeah. Well, really, thank you for doing all you know, that. I'm that hoping is... that the next house I get to go to is better it's than better. that. <laughs> you know. That's, I mean, for you to do that every day is a testament to your character because, like, I don't know if I would be able to survive that. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. There's tough. a reason why I am not an animal control officer anymore and yeah. why my run was very short. It was just a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, because in season, like in, in Milwaukee, you know, summer is just, um, it's just brutal. It's brutal for, for multiplication. Um, kitten season is crazy awful. And, um, there's just 
so much population and stray activity Mm -hmm. and I was going home like in August and just like crying every every day and drinking (laughs) and drinking a lot more than what I should have too and I was like I can't um I'm not cut out for this I give so many props to animal control officers and to the I'm just gonna give props if any of you are listening (laughs) to the reception the reception area of any animal control in any of the country because those ladies or gentlemen or whoever is up there at those front desks taking those calls and 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 watching all those animals come in and dealing with all those human beings Mm -hmm. i'll tell you what hardest job and they just don't get the kudos that they deserve so um so hats off hats off to you all you know the the ladies in milwaukee if any of you are listening hats off to you all because you guys were just you just they were just fantastic and um and got a they got a bad rep you know like a little bit like how pitbulls do you know so but man when you have to work under those types of situations for so long but yeah i've really gotten off topic here (laughs) but but what i was saying was that good for denver animal control i think that when you're in the midst of it Mm -hmm. and when you work with it all the time and you see that this is not working Mm -hmm. we're not we're not really protecting our community against dangerous dogs no matter what they look like or what size they are or um, where they're coming from or or whatever well and I love that you brought that up because everyone just assumes that because we started this organization and that we want um, all dogs to be able to reside in this city that we just have like hard eye emojis for all these dogs and all dogs can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. We un- like that is not what we're saying. We understand that there are dangerous dogs. There are great dogs and there are some not so great dogs, right. but it also is a more of a testament to um, their owners. Mm-hmm. What what are they living with? How are they being treated? How are they being trained? How are they being looked after? It should be owner responsibility mm-hmm. and not breed discrimination. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hard. Um, it's not an easy solution, and I think that sometimes our country we shy away from stuff. We want things to just be really easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. You know, we want our we want our food quick. You know, and we want our answers fast, and we want to be able to fix stuff mm-hmm. incredibly quickly. And really, the the solution, um, I feel like, in any of the communities that I have visited throughout the United States, it's almost always that someone needs to to start a new public organization that helps folks to be good owners. Yes. You know, education is the key and the answer to so many of our problems. I mean, you know, animal, human, whatever, you know. I mean, I just feel like education is just constantly, if we just came back to, you know, educating um, our police, educating our kids, educating, you know, animal owners just over and over again, it it comes back to that. But, um, you know, I think that that, one of the lessons that came to me out of the blue when I first started this organization was that I really thought that people with bad dogs, and I know you guys can't see my air quotes, but I'm going (laughs) bad in in air quotes. Um, I thought people with bad dogs had bad owners. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I really like to let folks know it's not that they're bad, it's that they're, they're, they're a lot of times just really don't know. They're inadequate. 
they're uneducated, mm-hmm. but they're not bad people. Right. They don't they don't want bad things for their animals. They want good things. They just don't know how to get them to that point. You know, they don't they don't know for whatever reason how to fix that latch yeah. on their gate to stop that dog from running around. <laughs> you or, know, or like, they just they don't like okay, so they don't fix the latch because they think like, oh, running around it's fine right but it also is like the the owners that have well-behaved dogs and if that dog runs up to another dog that's on a leash like oh no no no, my dog is super friendly well that's great for your dog right but you have no idea what this dog is like right and you have a response you know maybe you have a dog that doesn't get along with others yeah and this owner is being responsible by having their dog on a leash and separated from others Mm -hmm. So it's not okay for your dog to just run up and touch noses without yeah. asking. I love to put that, and then we're so going back to our script here. <laughs> <laughs> but I love to put that in human form also for people to think about. You know, um, if I rushed up to you on on the street mm-hmm. and just came up and just was like, hey, buddy, what's going on? How are yeah. you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, and give me, giving me a hug. Yes. Even before the pandemic, uh-huh. you know, or if I came up to you and um, was, I mean, you would think of that as being so incredibly inappropriate and you would potentially think I was on some sort of drugs, even if I was nice. You'd mm-hmm. be like, OK, this this person, something's wrong yep. with this person. But for some reason, we want to tolerate this in the lives of dogs right. and we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't at all. You know, I mean, you know, this this is stuff that we used to teach kids in grade school, you know, so that, again, the key is education so that they wouldn't grow up and become owners that were like, oh, it's not a big deal, yeah. you know. But um, I love doing a podcast with you. This is so <laughs> much fun. You're really fun to talk to. Well, thanks. So I do want to come back, bring it back around a little bit to um, to what goes into <laughs> – an enor- I mean, this has got to be, I literally am going to be honest here. I am out of my element. Like I, I've never had to start an enormous campaign. Denver is, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's the epitome of breed specific legislation. There are very few places in the United States of America that are going to have a harder road than Denver. Yeah. So you're like in up to your eyeballs with alligators. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, where to be? How long is this podcast? I, I know, right? Yeah. Well, where to begin? Yeah. But tell me, just do tell me, tell everybody just a little bit about about that. I, I assume that we're going to get people that are listening that are going to be in smaller areas, smaller marketplaces, mm-hmm. but with BSL. Yeah. And so that's really why I, at least, you know, if, if they know a little bit about what it takes to remove it from the hardest of, mm-hmm. of places... That may give them a little bit of hope yes. for their own campaign. So we started, and I'd like to re—I want to reiterate this over and over again. We started as a repeal. Mm-hmm. Our, actually, our name was um, Repeal Denver BSL. Okay. Um, because that's what we ultimately want. Yeah. Uh, we quickly got connected with Councilman Herndon, who had been working on this for years behind the scenes, like trying to. Um, get this initiative going. Okay. So when he saw us gaining traction and making noise, he quickly reached out and was almost like, 
what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Wow. You're going to, you're going to blow my cover kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so he, we had a meeting with him and we talked about what we wanted and, and he told us the backstory of what was going on in Denver. And he told us that we would not be able to do a repeal, um, to be able to do this, it would have to be a replacement. And he tried, he tried the repeal route and it, it wasn't going to, it was not going to take traction. Okay. So this was ha- what we had to do. Um, and so we internally as an organization thought about it and realized that our ultimate goal is a repeal. Mm-hmm. If this is the road we have to take to mm-hmm. get there after 30 years of right. nothing happening, yes. then we will do that. And yes. if then other cities, other towns can take the statistics that we get over the next five years and use that to do a full repeal Mm -hmm. then do it yeah like we'll we'll take it i know bigger organizations have not really been wanting to support um because we are a replacement yeah and they only believe in repeal yeah we get that yeah but we're in denver we've been in it for three years now right um and this was our only option yeah you know kids aren't in little league you know, hitting homers, <laughs> you know, they're not in T-ball hitting home runs, right. you know? I mean, we got to start somewhere and then practice and then move and then exactly. practice and then and then learn and then keep growing and growing. So um, I think it makes so much sense. And it's getting your, your foot is in the door. Yes. It's in the door. And a repeal or a replacement is opening that door up exactly you know it's been shut for 30 years so yeah i think jumping on the bandwagon of replacements anywhere i don't you know i think this is an is a great way to go at it and i think that there are definitely some other cities that are going to learn from you guys and go huh maybe we should take a step back mm-hmm. and you know our last three you know repeal attempts have failed maybe we should step back and talk about yeah. what we could replace this with. Right. And let's move from there. So I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. But that's so cool. Yeah. So so you decided to go ahead mm-hmm. with just going for the replacement. Yes. And then? So then um, we did a lot of research. And as you know, like, dog statistics yeah. are the worst. Mm-hmm. They're sporadic they're from random cities or towns or random universities um and from like 2011 and then like not until like 2017 so it's just not consistent yeah um and so we did a lot of research um shout out to shira my co-lead she did an entire briefing book wow that has so much research as like i don't think there's any more research left in this world wow that's not in that book yeah she killed it um, and then we worked with Councilman Herndon, mm-hmm. who created this new ordinance. Okay. Um, and he w- turned to us and asked us, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Um, and we really had a, a say in it. And it, it really felt like a collaboration between politics and this organization. Yeah. Someone was actually wanting to work with us cool. and make this change. And it was really great. So we spent two and a half years 
getting this all together. And two and a half years. Yeah. You guys. Two and a half Two years. and a half years. We're not going through the drive-through for, you know, a replacement of BSL. This yeah. is something that needs to be developed. And is that going to be the case in your city? It totally depends. Right. It totally depends. I and mean, we, we had the support of Councilman Herndon. We would not be here today. I like to say we wouldn't be here today without him, and mm-hmm. he would not be here today without us. Yeah. Like, we... To do this in another city the way that we're doing it, you do need the support of at least one council person. Right. Yeah, I would say that in the early stages, and we've talk, I've, I've talked about this with folks from different communities all over the place, but I feel like one of the first things that you need to do is kind of quietly and, and carefully get a little poll, mm-hmm. you know, um, email these council people and just say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, you don't have to... You don't have to out your major mission or anything else. Um, um, One of the big pieces of advice that we give to folks about breed-specific legislation is to do a lot under the radar first. Yes. Just be really quiet about it. Mm -hmm. You know, get your research out of the way like what you guys did. Get to know where your council people are at. Um, Get to know them and then woo and court and almost date, you know, the ones that are either going to be right there with you, you know, or that you feel like are really close. And like, how many coffees will it take? How many lunches? How many donuts? What is your thing that's going to make you say, yeah, I would like to to be, yes, I would be okay with this. Or yes, I'd like to work with you on this. And that was our, you know, Councilman Herndon was our in. He was our foot in the door. He would tell us when it finally came to a vote in February, he would say, this council member's on board. This council member's a maybe. This council member's a no and will never be a yes. So he he would say, get your volunteers and whoever lives in that district, send them all the emails, send them all the voicemails, send them everything on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get them to change their mind. Right, right. So he was, you know, he was our foot in the door. And I don't know if we would, I wouldn't say that we couldn't do it without him. Yeah. But in well, this regard, yeah. it's just, it made everything a lot easier because we're yeah. volunteers. We right. have full-time jobs. We have families. We have friends. Yeah. It would have been very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Thank God that that's part of this whole campaign because in a city like Denver, you, you really needed a, you really, really, really needed somebody on the inside. Right. So that's so awesome that, that you were able to, that you were able to have that, that that fell into place for you. It's funny because you said keep things quiet, right? Mm-hmm. Keep things quiet until you're ready. So if there are any Harry Potter fans out there, um, <laughs> we always referred to it as Dumbledore's Army. Yeah. So for two years, we did all these this Facebook stuff. We started a newsletter. We started an Instagram. Yeah. And we would like give little tidbits of, oh, we're talking to this council member today. Oh, we did our briefing book. Oh, things are coming together. So we were building our army. Uh-huh for the day that we needed them, which yeah. was in end of January, beginning of February, when the first votes happened. Okay. And we reached out to everyone, and it was just, it was like, okay, we know that we've been, like, dangling the carrot for, yeah. for two, two and a half years. Now we need you. Yeah. Let's go. Awesome. What a great strategy. 
What a really great strategy. And I hope that, that there are definitely people that are taking notes right now mm-hmm. that are needing to in those hundreds of cities around the country that um, that need campaigns, yeah. that need to, to go ahead and get stuff replaced or repealed or whatever it is that we can, can do to move forward, whatever baby steps it is right. that we can take. Um, but that's super cool. So, okay. We've got to take a little bit of a turn now down a you know, kind of dark and ugly road. So what happened last spring? Because sure. let's at least just um, – one of the things that gets on our website, and it's in like a couple of our brochures, uh, again, with, with some of our advice on BSL, one of our bullet points is to be prepared to lose. Yes. That's one of the things that I feel like um, if you have that preparation in your heart and in mm-hmm. your mind, then – Sometimes when it happens, you can bounce back a little bit better yeah. than when you were like not prepared for it at all. And right. I've seen cities um, campaign, they've just thrown the towel then. Mm-hmm. It's like they lose once and it just it's crickets, it's just gone. Yep. And I'm like, no, 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 you, no, you now, now is the now time. Is the time. Yeah. So I would like to say that we actually won. You're right. And then lost. So that's even worse. That... It's like we won <sighs> and they took it away from us. Yes. So, um, yes, to go back on that. You're on all the extremes. Denver, Seriously. this is like the most extreme breed-specific legislation is. roller coaster ever. So when it went to a vote back in February, mm-hmm. this is what we wanted to happen. We wanted to present it to council and have them pass it because that was two weeks of our lives Um and it would just be easy. Right. It would be easy. It wouldn't be expensive. And they would pass it, and it would be done. Right. Uh, there are 13 members on, on council in Denver. For a bill to pass, it has to go through a couple votes. It has to, it has to pass this, the committee, which in this case was the safety committee. Mm-hmm. So that's vote number one. Then it goes to a first reading. And once it passes that, um, then it goes to a vote for a second reading. So we made it all the way to the second reading, and we got seven votes for yes, mm-hmm. which means that our bill passed. Right. You had the majority. We had the majority, Yep. which was very exciting. Mm-hmm. We were ecstatic. We pretty much thought we won. Right. And then, but, <laughs> and then we hear rumblings that because we did not get nine votes, the mayor is allowed to veto. Mm-hmm. So then we go into panic mode. And we start, you know, doing our social media campaign again. We had, we had national news attention. <laughs> it was that insane. Right. Um, we were doing interviews. We were doing podcasts. We, he decided on Valentine's Day, mm. I will never forget, will. Um, at 5 o'clock that he was going to veto the bill. Right. And he did. Yeah. Um, so then... What can happen after that is that you can just accept it and mm-hmm. move on, or you can try to flip some of those people that said no. Mm-hmm. So it went to another vote after that, mm-hmm. and we are going to try to get more votes on our side. Right, so that you'd have the nine. Exactly. Right. So then for another like week and a half, <clears throat> we do our social media campaign. We're reaching out to all these council members. At the end of the day, we got eight votes. Yeah. And we needed nine. Mm. That's heartbreaking. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. It was, I I think we were all in shock. Yeah. We went radio silent for a while. Yeah. Um, this was also, like, we went radio silent. And then um, 
we decided to do a poll because we were going to hopefully put it on the ballot. Right. And that happened right before the pandemic. The day we started our first fundraiser, everything shut down. Oh, my gosh. Um, so <laughs> it's been an experience. Right. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, so because putting it on the ballot, like you had kind of alluded to a little bit. So it's expensive. I mean, this it's is expensive. now – um, you know, you had to you had to make a company, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you need somebody that really knows how to do this type of thing, um, how to actually run a political campaign with an option on a ballot. I mean, this right. isn't just something that you can um, just be like, hey, um, I just want to put this thing on the on the ballot, <laughs> like president and, and 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 like this and that and like the school referendum, and then I just want to put my thing on. Exactly. You know, like, no, you, that that's not what it's like. You so know, we, yeah. So kind of going back to, <clears throat> we were devastated. We went radio silent, um, and then we regrouped and we had a conversation. And Councilman Herndon said, "Okay, I want to go through this process again." Um, everyone that had voted, or I shouldn't say everyone, but the majority of the people that voted no um, on council did publicly state that they wanted it to go on the ballot and have the voters to decide. Okay. So he's like, this is it. This is going to be the biggest election. Yeah. I mean, you can't get a, you can't get more voters right. to come out right. than what's going to happen November 3rd. Right. Um, we hope you yes. all need to come out and vote. Vote. Okay? Whether you're in Denver or whether you're in Milwaukee or whether you're in Miami or L.A., I don't care. You need to come out and vote. Yeah. Or you need to be getting your ballot in your hand right now and sending it in. Mm-hmm. Vote, 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 vote. This is not a people issue. This, this is, is not anything. This is a life, this is a life issue. issue. You need to get out and vote. Yes. Go on, sorry. But man, we need you to vote, people. Um, So yes, we wanted to put it on the ballot. Mm -hmm. He wanted to make sure that the voters of Denver would be in support of this. Mm -hmm. So we did a poll. Okay. Um, Before we decided anything, we wanted to see what those numbers were. Super smart. Mm -hmm. Super smart. I mean, I I like to say we kind of got like a discount. Yeah. (laughs) It was eleven thousand dollars to do a poll. Gosh, eleven thousand dollars. You are kidding me. Nope. Wow. I'm glad that you didn't tell me that before we started recording because this is my real reaction because I had no idea. Holy crap. Yes. So when we're That's saying a lot that, of money. Yes. When we're saying that we're doing um, a grassroots campaign and we're we figured like if we could pay for everything that we need to pay for our campaign is going to be fifty thousand dollars. Right. And that is small potatoes compared to yeah what we could use we could use money for oh, even I'm more sure. things yes yes so um it is a crazy amount of money wow and a lot of people said well if you're going to put it on the ballot why wouldn't you do a full repeal two reasons one we knew that that would not pass council mm-hmm. so there are two ways to get your initiative on the ballot okay one is to have it be passed through city council the other one is to petition it on Okay. I love our volunteers. We have 70 volunteers. They are fantastic. They are so great. I sing their praises all the time. So cool. You definitely have volunteers that are there. Like, they're like your stars. Yeah. And then you have the ones that, you know, come in and out. Right. To have all those people 
you need hundreds of volunteers to canvas Denver mm-hmm. to get all of those signatures, which it's like 10,000 signatures, but then you need to like inflate it because some people not might not actually be registered in Denver. Mm. Um, some people might, might not be of age to vote. Some mm. people, like all, it just, you run the gamut. Yeah. So, and to do that, then you'd have to pay people to to get petitions yeah. um, out there for you. Sure. And that is that is like a $50,000 initiative. That's crazy. So wow. we chose to do it through city council yeah. where it costs no money. Yeah. We knew that it would pass yeah. um, as a replacement, and that's why we chose what we did. I still think – I think you guys are doing the right thing. You know, so, I mean, I know that, that um, we're not going to name names or anything, but I know that there's naysayers out there, mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, I'm going full board on the record with, I think that this is the way to do it, and I think that this is the way to do it in a lot of other places in the United States, um, because I think that a win is a win is a win, you know, and, and you guys need this. You guys, you know, this is going to lead to other things. Yes. It's not like you're like, okay, we're just going to do this and then peace out. You know, I mean, this is the first. So our podcast is based on where we talk about building this this immense, indestructible advocacy um, uh, building. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what we talked about originally was building our foundation. And then we put a first brick on and then we put a second brick on. This is exactly what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've laid a foundation. You're hopefully putting on, you know, starting to build it up. And then you're going to keep building. Yes. So I think that this is, I think that it's great. It's just, it's so much work. It is. Kudos to you guys. Holy cow. I mean. Labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best things in life are the hardest things. No matter what. That's for sure. That's some straight up Michelle Siraki wisdom, you guys. <laughs> Holy cow. But I mean, I've been on this planet for a long time now. And really, all of the things that I've had in my life that are the best are the ones that were the hardest to, to get to come to fruition yeah. or that took the longest you know, time or, or whatever. So, um, but good for you guys. So, so the ballot... Um, okay, let's just do another little bit of, of education, though, on something that Michelle Siraki just learned this year. And we all know that I'm 47 and that I'm old and that I'm not getting any younger. But I didn't know until I talked to you uh, that you didn't have to fill in all the boxes on your ballot. Yeah. Mm-mm. So since I've been 18, I have felt pressure every time that I fill out a ballot. I thought that if I didn't, it would get rejected and my and my vote wouldn't count. Wait, can we just like tell people that's the case? Because then they'll fill everything out. I know, <laughs> right? Well, but yes, no, you do not have to fill everything out. So our fear is that people will fill out president. Right. Something else. U.S. Senate. Right. You know, yeah. all the top ones. Mm-hmm. And not turn it over. And not turn it over and right. not look at your local. Um, right. Uh, ballot or they'll just be like oh these are a bunch of school referendums or something that I I don't even have kids I don't know why I need to be concerned about this or something so yeah see I didn't I it's so funny Mm -hmm. right so I just man I didn't I didn't know if I would have lived in Denver I would have filled it out no matter what but there's some of you that were smarter than me a lot of you I'm sure that are smarter than me that are like I don't have to fill out every box okay if you live in Denver you have to fill out the box for 2j yes 
and 2J. You, and you need to say yes. Vote yes. You have to vote yes. On 2J. To 2J. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't want to vote yes to 2J, though, I just want to let you know, Michelle Siraki at pippleadvocates.org, hit me up because I would love to talk to you. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to know how you found my podcast <laughs> and why you are listening. I would lo- I'm so serious. I'd really like to know that. Um, and I just would love to talk with you because I love to talk to people that that – that don't that aren't on the same page mm-hmm. as what we are but i feel like a lot of you that are listening are going to be on the same page so if you're in denver though the thing is is that you just you need to turn that ballot over and you need to check the yes box on 2j yes. and if you know somebody that lives in denver and if you're in maine doing your own thing but your bestie from childhood lives in denver you need to contact them and be like hey do you know that this is on the ballot are you sure? Because we have also met people just since I've met you, mm-hmm. since I've known you, I have um, talked. To, <clears throat> excuse me, talked to people who have known people in Denver. Because I'm like da 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 da. You know, let's talk to everybody that we know who are in, that didn't know that this was going on. Yeah, they didn't know. No idea. Yeah, and they were like, "Well, heck yeah, I'll vote yes." Like, yeah. so they're totally okay with it. But sometimes when we're in the animal welfare community, we feel like it's bigger than what it is. Right. And it's just tiny. We're just this little bitty community in this enormous, huge world of all different types of things that are going on. Yeah. So it is really important that you make sure that your friends that are in Denver just say, just bring it up really quick. You know, shoot them over a message or whatever and be like, hey, do you know that you need to vote yes on 2J? Do you know that? Yeah. Because you do. And just make sure. You do. Yeah. And just make sure that your friends know. Don't take it lightly. Don't just assume that your friend in Denver knows and that they're going to do the right right thing. Right. It's like, seriously, this is like, we need mass messages and emails and everything else going out all around the country Mm -hmm. to our friends that are in Denver just to make sure that they, that they know. Yeah. But, um, what, what can people do to help? We got to get to wrapping this up. Sure. Um, I could sit around and talk about this forever with you. I mean, this is my this is my life. Right? This is all I talk about. Yeah, and I'll listen back to this podcast a few times, and I'll totally enjoy it, which is, I know, really weird, and people make fun of me. I don't really care. I listen to my own podcast. I think it's fun. Um, and and but but some other people are going to be listening to this podcast, and their dinner is going to be almost done now, and sure. they're going to be like, I got to stop. Uh-huh. I got to go eat my dinner while it's hot. So how can people help? I mean, I think that if they if you guys have been paying attention. They already had to pay $11,000 for a poll. So that's money that they already took out of their own pockets and had to, to spend that I, they're probably hoping to recoup. Mm-hmm. But the campaign goal is $50,000. Yes. And you have a fundraiser, a general fundraiser going on yeah. that people can get to through social media. Yeah. Right? So it's um, you can check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, or on Instagram. And we're um, at Replace Denver BSL. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you can hop on to our website, which is replacedenverbsl.org. Okay. And there are links to our GoFundMe where you can donate money. Um, that is huge. Mm-hmm. We have covered the overhead of the campaign, which is really exciting. Nice. So everything on top of that is going to digital ads, um, boosting on social media, uh, making lit. Um, what else are we doing? Phone banking and text banking. Cool. So Anything on top of that is just to get the word out there, yeah. um, which is exciting, and it's very exciting. Yeah, so yes. definitely, if you can if you can donate, that would be fantastic. Okay. Um, if you can follow us on our social media, like, share, comment, yeah, um, do all of those things for our posts because that 
increases your engagement exactly yeah yeah you guys i mean i think a lot of you really underestimate like if you liked something and then you put a heart for a comment that helps yes you don't have to write a novel you don't have to tell us how great you think we are you don't have to tell us you don't do any of that you can put a smiley face in the comments right you know and i know that you get a little nervous about sharing your dog stuff all the time this is an important one (laughs) so why don't you at least try and share this one at least once exactly because this one's really important and we're not going to be coming back and asking you to keep doing this over and over and over we're we're doing this once once and we have to to culminate on november 3rd it's coming up Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Yeah, so. and if you have fr- if you don't live in Denver, but you have friends that live in Denver, or mm-hmm. even friends that live in Colorado, because they obviously are going to know more people in the mm-hmm. Colorado area, right. most likely in Denver, tag them on a post, yeah. um, send them an email, shoot them a text, whatever. Right. Just get them aware that this is happening, and then they can then you know either they live in Denver or they know more people that do. Right. And that's right. how we're. I mean, we're a grassroots campaign. So yes. How we're this our is name how there. we do it. Yeah. And if you've never shared this podcast before, if you didn't even know that your podcasts are shareable, they are. I don't care who you're listening to us through. You can hit a button right now that can share this podcast. You can share it in a text message. You mm-hmm. can share it onto your social media. You can take a screenshot of it and put it in a story on your social media. Whatever. You can email it to somebody by pushing that share button. You there's you guys have no excuses. <laughs> so I get that like for the last six, seven episodes, whatever, you've been keeping it to yourself. And I'm totally cool with that. This episode, I need you guys to share it. I need you to share it. And and like Quinn said, I mean, if you do know anyone in Colorado, um, put them on the top of your list to share. This is, I mean, I feel like we've given some pretty decent information today. I know yeah. I'm a tiny bit biased. However, <laughs> I do think that we have. And so, you know, if your friends in Colorado don't have any idea what's going on, this is a pretty easy way for them to find out while they're just driving over to, you know, work or you know, to something that they need to do or while they're making dinner. Yep. They can learn about this and um, and then take action. Yes. You know, that's what we need. Um, that's what's going to make this campaign a success. Exactly. So um, listening to a podcast is a great form of action. Sharing it, you guys. <sighs> Sharing it. It's like action times a hundred. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so yes, much for taking for time out. Um, again, it's really funny because most of our listeners know that I've probably kept you hostage here for like five hours. Hey, she turned the AC <laughs> off. We're dying. <laughs> I know. It's in past episodes too. I won't let the fans be on at home. Victoria <laughs> is always like sweating in front of me. It's hilarious. But um but yeah, we'll put the air back on now. So, um, but thank you. I mean, seriously. So from the bottom of my heart, and and I really feel like I can speak on behalf of a lot of advocates in saying thank you for for taking this on. Um, personally, I know what that feeling is like when you're like, I got to do something about this. Um, and I know how scary that feeling can be. And then you get into the midst of it, and you're like, Oh my gosh! Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What oh, yeah. am I doing right now? But I mean, I just feel like I just feel like you're doing a great job, Thank and you. I feel like you're doing such an enormous service to the Denver area and your girls and Shira and and Adina and mm-hmm. um, a bunch Tara of the other girls. And, yes, I mean, and I just I want to give a shout out to all of our volunteers because I know that you know Shira and I might be like the the leaders of this or in the forefront and doing these podcasts and doing these interviews because we've been in it the whole time, but. 
we wouldn't be here without our volunteers. Right. We wouldn't be here without the community. Yeah. Um, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that hardcore. We I have like, good volunteers too. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And I like to say two things. One, uh, we were just a Facebook group with a dream, and yeah. here we are. So, like, if you feel like you can't do it, you can. Yeah. You can do it. And two, we were just the idiots that started it. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Anyone can do it, and yeah. and everyone should be. Um... You're talking to a fellow idiot. <laughs> woo woo! Exactly. Yes, idiots unite. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, good. I mean, I yeah, I feel all of that, and I can see in your face, which a lot of people can't see, how genuine these feelings are toward all of these folks that are backing you up and that um, are doing so much of so the hard much. work. Yes. So for sure, um, yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. you a ton. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so. Thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time out of your day. Thank you in advance for sharing because I know that you all are pushing that share button (laughs) any second. Thank you so much for listening. So many hugs. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for joining us today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends and family. Click the share button on the app or take a screenshot and put it on your social media. Please consider taking the next step in advocacy, you guys, by visiting the website at pitbulladvocates.org. Order a bumper sticker, start a campaign in your area, or just ask us for help. I want to thank all of you who give financially to keep our mission moving forward. You can give now by simply texting PBAOA to 44321. We always appreciate your generosity. Oh, and don't forget to click subscribe. Apparently that's a really important part of this whole podcasting thing. Thank you all for being part of the solution and God bless you.